This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3194 for Thursday, the 29th of October 2020. Today's show is entitled The Count and the Questions and is part of the series Linux in Laws. It is hosted by Monochrome and is about 68 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is Linux in Laws Season 1 Episode 16 This is Linux in Laws, a series on free and open source software. Black Humor. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. <laughs> Linux in Laws, a podcast on topics around free and open source software, any associated contraband, communism, the revolution in general, and whatever else fancies your tickle. Please note that this and other episodes may contain strong language, offensive humor, and other certainly not politically correct language. You have been warned. Our parents insisted on this disclaimer. Happy mum! Thus, the content is not suitable for consumption in the workplace, especially when played back on a speaker in an open plan office or similar environments. Any minors under the age of 35 or any pets, including fluffy little killer bunnies, your trusted guide dog, unless on speed, and cute T-Rexes or other associated dinosaurs. This is Linux in Laws. Series 1, Episode 16, with the count and the questions. Dracul! How is life down in Transylvania? Ah, the life is a bit sparse on the blood side. Uh, it's very thin. Uh, let me just check my, um, my cupboard for some supplies. Ah, no, that's one still alive. Excellent, excellent. I'll go for that one. Just bear with perfect, me for, a, for a moment while I have my lunch. How is treating you down there? Still out and about with the axes and the linchpins? The linchpins, yes, and uh, also the Salvatore is, is on the doorstep. Why is that? Because uh, we moved to Italy for some reason, not Transylvania. How come? I don't know, you are speaking in Italian. 
Dear listeners, welcome to the Transylvanian of Linux in-laws. Yes, you've tuned to the right station. Uh, this is the um, long-awaited Halloween special. Why don't you introduce us to the concept? What we have in mind for the next, what, 24 hours? <laughs> the concept for today. Oh, sorry. Um, yes, sorry, that's not me. Um, yes. <laughs> So today we have a number of questions sent in by our listeners Excellent. and we have a special on the subject of Halloween and how this wow. relates to uh, technology, people in technology and open source. Excellent, excellent. And uh... Of course, as you can hear, dear listeners, no expenses were spared on sound effects front. Um, and <laughs> yes, Mom, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and today, actually, we do have a very special treat for our um, cherished listeners. Um, we're going to do a full-blown episode. That's what you're listening to now. And there will be a B-Sides this B-Sides uh, episode will only be hosted on linuxinlaws.eu. It's a once-off, um, simply due to the fact that we had so many questions um, when, that we said that we can't do all the show because in that case the show would be approximately 24 hours long. So we condensed them into two parts. One part we're going to tackle now, plus a little bit probably on humor, uh, with humor, um, in addition to humor, sorry. And then we have the B-sides, which is another good chunk of questions, and then we're done for this episode. And then we re and then we will resume the normal schedule afterwards, as usual. So that you know, um, the links, or the link rather, to the B-sides will be in the show notes once this goes live. And as I said, the B-sides will not be hosted on Hacker Public Radio. This is once off, but rather on linuxinlaws.eu. So, Martin, why don't you get us started with the first question? Yes. So, uh, ah, yes. So, so um, uh, the 24 hours is not a good idea because I have to sleep in the daytime. So, this is why we purely stuck to 12, of course. Um, okay. The is, question. Is your microphone in the um, coffin not, work, not working? <laughs> uh, let me just go and have a look. Oh. No, she's still there. Hang on. Oh. <laughs> Um, that yes. sounded very much like your wife. <laughs> no, no, this is just a snack. That's not my wife. <laughs> <laughs> they are not the same, are they? And don't mention Emma. Yeah, she's not here. Either. <laughs> no, but she has written in actually, but more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> she's an active writer. <laughs> she, Absolutely. She must be our only listener. <laughs> there we go. Right, where were we? So. You would question like a question? Test. Yes. Okay. Any particular question you would like me to address? Or there's quite a few, as I mentioned. Yes, I know, but just pick one. I don't, I don't know. And then we can discuss that in an open source context. I found the, I found the, I found the, um, World Wildlife Fund thing very good. I, I just had a glimpse at this. You found the what? Good? Uh, the World Wildlife question there. Wildlife question. No, there was, was there a question with regards to actually our favorite subject at hand, nocturnal species and, animal, and animals and stuff? Not, not the grumpy old codas you're referring to here. No, 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 of course not. Ah, okay, okay. No, no, it's a question, bear with me. 
Uh, ah, here. Uh, exactly. Sorry. I think it's in an envelope na- labeled 16. And I think if, if I recall correctly, that question oh. was sent in by a, by a guy called, um, Vlad Dracul, also known as the Transylvanian Impaler, which I find quite strange because he actually writes, mm-hmm. Do I really exist as in do vampires really exist? If so, do they count as a protected species? If so, what does the World Wildlife Fund do about their survival? But that's a very interesting question. It is. It is. But I'm not sure um, why you are writing in because And I'm not entirely sure how this is related to Linux in laws, but we can have a go, right? Um, absolutely, so. absolutely. Mm, mm. Well they do well, exist, they, of course. Yes. They do exist. Otherwise they wouldn't be recording this episode. So never mind uh, writing letters. Indeed, indeed. Um, okay, protected species. Hmm. Well, there aren't many of them, I think. Uh. Well, there's werewolves. There's vampires. Um, there is trolls, I think. I don't think trolls are on the same category there. But Witches? Um, uh, I'm apparently confused about which species we're, we're talking about now. No, yes, maybe. I thought we were talking about vampires. Yes. Are they a protected species? I think so. I mean, they're on the brink of extinction, no? I think they've been going for quite a few thousands of years, so they seem to be doing quite well on survival rates. I don't think they need any protecting, personally, but... I don't know. Opinion. I mean, thousands of years, are Hmm. you sure? Oh yes, oh yes, they live forever, right? They just drink a bit more blood, and then... yeah. But the first, I mean, no, no seriously, I mean, the, 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 this whole vampire thing goes back to really somebody called Vlad Dracul, uh, who happened to live in Transylvania, if I'm completely mistaken, as in the modern form of the vampires. Anyway, I think there were in Babylon or something like this, as in ancient times, there was also a concept of a nocturnal creatures sucking life, um, sucking mm. blood out of out of out of living people. Like but, so. So I reckon the the concept is way older than just Vlad Dracul, but I think that's I the most it, yeah. prominent. Here's a question lore. for you. Here's a question for you. Do mosquitoes count as vampires? Uh, no, they don't, because if a vamp- if a mosquito bites you, you you don't turn into a mosquito, right? And <laughs> more specifically, you don't live forever. <laughs> So no, mosquitoes wouldn't be vampires, Martin. Okay, it depends how you classify that. Uh, no, what classifies a vampire? Mm. Well, it's a blood-sucking animal. Is what you? Were... So, yeah. So, so far, I'm with you. <clears throat> but there's a couple of other traits that classify as a vampire, though. Well, they live in coffins. Uh, only during the day. Yes, correct. They can't oh. stand sunlight, as we all know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, how, crossing how, how water that, is difficult. Um, with your biological background, how does that work? Um, there is a documentary called Blade 1 and 2 and 3 that goes into <laughs> details. Um, indeed, indeed. The way, the, the way it works essentially, uh, <laughs> once you turn, you have something like a anaphylactic shock. Mm. Um, once an ultraviolet ray reaches your skin, it's quite down to a molecular level. Of, 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 um, what is it kind of, it's like, it's like a massive sunburn essentially, only with the side effect that you die instantly. Nice. That's, that's the way it works. 
Yeah, so that, that actually that, that relates to question 29. Um, why is silver efficient on effective on vampires? Um, let me actually recount this. Um, that uh, it is actually explained in another documentary called Vlad the Impaler or something like this. <laughs> um, the essentially when Judas Ishrot before he hanged himself, basically, he got 13 silver coins. Um, and the connection between Judas and Vlad escapes me. Maybe it does. There's, there's some connections, people. Look it up. Um, or maybe Judas actually, sorry, I think Judas was the first vampire, something like this. Um, because he, uh, once he hanged himself, he couldn't die and lived on. As an, as an, as an, as an eternal curse, so to speak. And I think this is, may, this may be the connection between silver and, 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 uh, and vampires. And needless to say, as we all know, werewolves are actually just a kind of offspring or mm-hmm. other variant of, of, of vampires. Exactly. Pretty much like, like, like the Vulcans and the Romulans are related, right? They go back to a kind of, um, common, common ancestor. Hmm. Yes, yeah. something like this. Same goes for werewolves and, and, and vampires. And hence, and, and that's exactly the reason why they can't stand each other. Um, so yes. Um, so the, the easiest way to, to, to kill actually is a, a, a member of either species is just basically to carry a silver bullet with you in a, in a loaded mm. gun, of course. Well, yes, a bullet without a gun is pretty useless, but, um, okay. Another related question. Number 32 is, um, uh, can vampires, uh, are they susceptible to COVID-19 when they um, drink the blood of a similarly infected person? The counter question is, Martin, doesn't matter because they are eternal, as in they can't die unless well, um, until now, being but... hit by sun now, <laughs> unless, unless being hit by sun at all, so the bullet are bad jokes, like Trump jokes or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, the guess, is, um... so the answer is no. They are obviously also uh, vaguely bat-related, so a, a, a bat or a <coughs> originated disease would probably not harm them. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, good point. Well, they, and can, then... they can turn into wolves, so if a bat-related re- disease would hit them, they would simply either either assume a human shape or would simply turn into wolf, and, then, and that's the bat disease gone from a biological perspective. Oh, that sounds pretty clever. Excellent. Maybe we should all become vampires. Uh, on that subject, uh, your modern-day choice of vampire, who would you choose and why? My modern... I, I don't quite understand the question, but maybe you can elaborate, Martin. I guess we're kind of moved on to um, part two of the quick fire, but this is a similar uh, scenario. Well, I mean, you can have the choice of um, a politician, a, a media mogul, a, uh, <clears throat> a computing mogul, uh, an open source project leader. You may not you consider a vampire. Which one? Are there any? Choose? Okay. Which one? <laughs> well, no, this, 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 these, these are hypothetical questions. <laughs> I see. <laughs> for, ah. for you to answer. 
I see. The, we're we're trying to confuse our listeners, right? So these are not written in questions anymore. No, no, this was question thirty-five. Did you not get it? No, I didn't. No, it's just something I only got a few again. of them. Your postfix yeah, is always broken. <laughs> <sighs> Here we go again. No, my postfix is not broken, Martin. Unlike some other DIN DNS based systems. <laughs> you only postfix on DIN DNS. What no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, Martin, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so. What would your answer be? I reckon I would go for Boris Johnson. Oh, right. Hmm, interesting choice. What and, why, and why? You have to say why at all, obviously. Ah, sorry. Um, because he basically pulled Brexit off and he will run the country into the ground, in, into the ground pretty much like Vlad Dracul did back in the olden days when he basically eliminated all the people down in Transylvania because without blood you cannot live. And hmm. if and if you turn them all into vampires, and if and, and, and if there's no blood supply, eventually probably these vampires will starve too. In turn, well, in, in, in of dying. Start eating the cows instead, perhaps. Or? <sighs> and once you, and, and once the cows are done, what do you do, what do you do then? Eat the chickens. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, you see, Martin, the concept is eternal life. Well, uh-huh. life is debatable, but eternal anyway. So this is the reason, actually, why you why you saw that massive wave of um, of people leaving Transylvania around, around a kind of seven hundred years ago. And as we all know, most of them actually went. I don't know. Politics. I wasn't around seven hundred years ago. So Fair enough. But then you're not. That but then you're not a politician, right? <laughs> Neither. No, that's correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, far from, in fact. Excellent. Okay. Would you like to pick a question next? Yes. Um, somebody very, I'm going back to computer science now, just basically to leave that dangerous terrain. Um, <laughs> how do, how, how to crack, um, P equals NP? Uh-huh. As in portable runtime equals non-portable runtime. Ah, I, I thought you, I, I thought I you were the, talking yeah. about, um, transistors here. No, 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 no. I'm talking, sorry, I'm talking about complexity theory now. Okay. Uh, complexity theory, I think it's called in, in, in English, as in the, um, the theory about finite state automata, automata and their runtime when mm. tackling certain classes of problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a typical non-polymeral runtime um, complete problem would be the traveling salesman, i.e. you have a graph and you have to find the shortest way in this graph, but you, mm. hit, but you have to hit each and every node in this graph, mm-hmm. i.e. the shortest way, or the shortest route, rather, to hit all of the locations or towns on a given on a given route. Hmm. Yeah. So the question is what, again? Um, are polynomial runtime and non-polynomial runtime complexity classes equivalent? No, well, Martin, this, this is a, this, this is this, a un- unsolved problem, right? So, well, yes, Martin, that goes back. Uh, that goes back to university days. Probably you can recall hmm. that lecture when you still kind of made up your mind whether to attend this or not. It, it like, hindsight, uh, it, yeah, hang on a minute. It, You've got an unsolved problem. <laughs> Thanks for this. What, what, in hindsight, it would have been better, Martin, to attend this lecture. <laughs> but hey, you were in your early twenties and still young, right? So. <laughs> You think? <laughs> you probably had different priorities. 
only a few years ago, yeah. Um, so yes. About 50. Uh, okay, so, so what is the question again? Will this, will this be ever proven? Ah, well, it's, it's uh, the same as uh, saying one uh, equals zero. Is that going to ever be proven? The answer is by definition, I think no. It's, 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 I think these are unrelated problems. Well, this is where you're wrong. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> because you usually are. I don't get it. I'm never wrong, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, yeah, this is obviously not the right attitude. Yeah, if you're yes, never but, wrong, yeah, you're never going to learn anything, are you? Well, I know everything already, so what's the big deal? Right. Well, well almost, uh, almost, ah, almost. Ah, I see. Right, so yes. you're also one of these eternal beings, like <laughs> our friend Dracula. <laughs> friend, I see. Okay. Here's one for you, Martin. Um, okay. How can I compromise quantum computers? Yeah, well, that's quite easy, isn't it? You just turn off the uh, the cold supply and then it just blows up. So, Martin, the question <laughs> is not how to destroy... A quantum computer, but rather how to well, compromise. Well, it depends how you qualify. How you qualify compromise. Let me define compromise. Uh, how do you crack a quantum computer in terms of you? How can you break into it without uh, breaking it? Essentially, i.e., how can you uh, take a look at the its inner workings? Uh, and then you, and then it's still usable afterwards. Like you break into an ordinary computer system, i.e. software system, basically, with a buffer overload or something like this. Is there something you want to tell our listeners here? Uh, no. Um, no, I'm just making the, I'm, I'm just making an ah. example, right? So, <laughs> okay. like, you break into a software by, for example, buffer overflow, but then you're still able to use that software. Uh-huh. And without you blowing it up, like, f- formatting or partitioning the hard disk or something like this. Mm. Uh, it's an interesting theoretical question. I don't personally have any access to quantum computers, so I've not investigated this scenario. But uh, in case you have, why don't you tell our dear listeners? Well, it's it's it's. I don't think it's that it's that it's that complicated because you, essentially you just take another quantum computer. For example, if you want to cra- if you want to crack quantum encryption, you better use something that is equally fast. So another quantum computer comes to mind. Okay, this obviously requires having a quantum computer. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> one you break and, into and, and one you use the cooling mechanisms. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you're talking about just near Kelvin, right? It doesn't have to be absolute ke- zero degrees, zero degrees Kelvin. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you can now you can be down to I think two sixty nine or something like this. Yeah, as in almost room temperature. And <laughs> I guess it is for for, for us vampires. <laughs> I, okay. Oh, interesting theory. Interesting theory. Uh, but if you do ever get hold of a quantum computer, let me know. And we'll have a crack at it. Uh, there's a there's another very interesting question that goes back to a previous episode. Of course, I think that the grumpy old coders are just a Linux idlers invention. How can you prove their existence? Okay, oh, that's actually quite easy, isn't it? Because we just get them on the show. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but then you have another question saying, I just invented them and you're using voice doubles and whatever. No, uh, no, they, no, no, no. no I think they do exist. Uh, they are and quite the grumpy old coders, hard to mistake for us. Yes. Really. <laughs> and the grumpy old coders are not a Linux in-laws invention. 
very mm. important. They do exist. We know them. Per- well, I know, I know at least one of them personally. I have met one of them. Yes. In yes, the- you you have met one of them too. Exactly. Mm. Uh, so yes, they do run their own podcast, totally independent of Linux in laws. And the reason why we give them so many plugs is essentially we love them, right? So that's straightforward. Grab your quarters if you're listening to this. Please get in touch. We're really looking forward to having you on the show. What do you mean, if they're listening? Surely they are. They're not too sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We have to stop plugging in there. <laughs> no, we do. <laughs> so forget about the Grab your quarters people. Grab your quarters if you want to receive further plugs. <laughs> Make sure that you send us that you send us questions that you are indeed listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go back to the questions. Right. Um, but you were just talking about breaking into quantum computers. How about breaking into Fort Knox to make it more profitable? Uh, and specifically, specifically using open source technology, um, working or not? Oh, this is, this is really easy. I mean, you just take okay. a of a million bucks. Um, right. you do a little bit of recon as in reconnaissance. Your, your, pre- your, your, your prerequisites are, are, are kind of um, uh, great in, imagine, <laughs> in imagination, but not that practical, really, are they? Like quantum uh, computers Martin, with a couple you're, of billion you're, talk- <laughs> you're talking about one of the most hardened places on the planet. Well, and I'm the- not. Our listeners are asking, right? <laughs> this is probably the guy in charge of security at Fort Knox asking, how do I, well, how do, you see, <laughs> how do I cover myself? <laughs> the, the question is not how expensive it is to break into Fort Knox, but rather how you, you would do it using open source. Ah, okay, okay, okay. The oh, devil, right. of course, lies in the details as usual. Hmm. No, essentially, it's, it's really so far because you just, you do a little bit of reconnaissance using open source tools. You take a look at the parameter as in the, the fence essentially that they use made up of, made up of, of uh, intrusion detection systems, intrusion prevention systems. You map the infrastructure. Um, there you find the holes, if any, and then you go through these holes. Don't bother with uh, physical access because as I said, it would be pretty hard, uh, to do it that way unless um, you have I a little bit a... of public use. <clears throat> I have a fo- follow up question here. Um, how do I move a bar of gold through a um, internet connection? Mm, you you would need something <laughs> called the teleporter, which hasn't been invented yet. Okay, okay, right, right. So another prerequisite to have a teleporter. Okay. No, 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 no. Um, I think there's there was. I have, a, I have another yeah. idea. Sorry, you, you can. Yeah, you go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah. There was there was I think another kind of ancient documentary called The Fly. With the guy called Jeff Goldblum, mm. mm-hmm. um, where he tried this but failed miserably. So I think this prototype wasn't exactly uh, the most uh, efficient one. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So uh, I have a, a, an even better solution, which is um, to use the flux capacitor, and you go back to the time before Fort Knox was built, make a little hole in the ground, and uh, a little access hatch to where Fort Knox is going to be built, and a little tunnel, and then you can just uh, take all the gold when they after they've built it. And what does that? And what does that have to do with open source? Well, you can run the flux capacitor on open source software, sure. Can, can you? Okay. Does yours not? No. 
What are you running? <laughs> You're running it on Windows, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> that sounds like a recipe for failure. <laughs> no, it's a handy tip for you. Don't run on your faster on Windows. <laughs> right, where were okay. we? Um, okay. Yeah, there's another one, very interesting question. Uh, uh-huh. What's the correct spelling of OS X 10.99.99? Have you, I'm sure. The, I'm sure that have you, have I'm you sure not that Claude is behind this. <laughs> Claude, <laughs> yeah. ah, Claudio, this is, yes. that's a very good question. <laughs> yes. Why don't we defer that one to Claudio to write in the answer for? I think that's. Thanks, Claudio, if you're listening, please write yes. in the answer. That's very important. Yes. If this so, question is not from you, that is. Does it not say who it was from? Uh, no, it doesn't. There's no name on the envelope. An anonymous envelope. Wow. Okay. Excellent. Um, yeah. oh. Hi, here's another good one. <laughs> Given the fact that Richard Storm is a T10, doesn't make that the whole Fossman movement evil. Martin, this is a very interesting aspect, mm. isn't it? It is. It is. I mean, right, in, so... imagine Martin, uh, imagine actually that Richard is actually a Terminator hmm. sent back from the future. Yeah. Discuss. Well, my question would be, uh, who has he come to terminate? Proprietary software comes to mind. And by the way, he's done a very good job on this. He has? Oh, yeah. Do, do tell. Well, Emacs. Something called it? the GNU public license and so forth. Innovation. Yeah. As an open source movement, if that rings a bell. There's Martin. If you don't know what open source okay, is, you're, you're, no, no. as a beautiful you're, podcast you're... called the Linux In Laws. This is all about open source. I recommend listening to it. Okay, so rather than actually t- terminating um, uh, any closed source software, he's he's doing the opposite by creating uh, open source software. Kind of. Okay. Well, I mean, That's not actually a terminator, yeah, though, isn't it? That's well, more like a. <laughs> um, have you? Have you? Have you ever? I mean, just just wondering, man. Um, uh-huh. WSL two rings a bell. Yes, it does. What about it? Perfect. Given the fact that this is a full blown Linux kernel running on top of something called Windows, even Microsoft these days has fully embraced the notion of open source, and WSL two is just another example, I suppose. Um, one, yeah, one, that doesn't really the... uh, that doesn't really answer the question that he's not a Terminator, right? He's just a well, uh, evangelist managed... or, or whatever you want to call it. Um... Well, he, he managed <clears> to break <throat> into the fortress of proprietors of 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 proprietors of the planet called Microsoft. Mm. Yeah, so uh, okay, so but your average bur- burglar isn't a Terminator, right? It's it's uh, yeah. I don't think he can be classified as a Terminator. I'm well, sure. the question says, Richard, if uh, listening, your your Terminator status is failed. Uh, well, the question is, given the fact that Richard M. Stormer is a T10, ah. it doesn't say if Richard is a T10. Well, I think it's, 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 it's highly questionable. Who sent this question in? Uh, a guy called <laughs> Eric Raymond. Okay. At least according to the envelope. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, if you're listening, all is forgiven. Do do continue writing. (laughs) Very good. Eric, don't worry. All is forgiven. Richard has stepped down from the FSF. You're safe. 
Um, okay. Have, ha, I don't know. Do you think we have sufficiently answered this question? It's it's I not think, really yeah. the best question in the world, is it? To be fair. But, yes. Um, there's a, there's a, there's another one actually with, with regards to Sabadine. Um ah, how, can, okay. how can we ensure that the 45th U.S. president is not Sabadine's next successful project? That's actually a very valid question, isn't that, it? That's a very good question. I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Cyberdyne are that into open source, are they? Um, <laughs> as well, far as, uh, I'm aware. as astute listeners, of course, know, um, NVIDIA used to be the predecessor of something called Cyberdyne. Go back to one of the previous mm. episodes where it's all, where, where it's all explained. Indeed. Yes. Um, so, no, it's not open source, but maybe Cyberdyne 2.0 will be. I don't know. Mm. But that's the future, so, right? I mean, yes. Okay, so you, how can we ensure this? I think the uh, there has to be some serious uh, activity or, or action to uh, prevent this because it hasn't happened in the past, as we can see. So if we want to um, prevent this in future, then it's going to take some serious effort, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously... Uh, I mean, that this is, what is the 45th, 45th? 45th, 45th. president, yes. Yeah. I think it's a guy called, uh, I think hmm. it's according to, to American history, this is a guy called Donald Trump. If hmm. I'm completely mistaken. Well, I mean, the answer is straightforward, right? I mean, Good. okay, fine. What, what do you do when you open source a project? You take the source code and do what with it? You make it public, right? So that people can slice it open and take the look at the inner uh, workings of the code. So you're suggesting slicing open. Exactly. Code. So what you okay. do with Donald Trump, you put him on the table, slice hmm. him open, and then take hmm. a look at the at the inner workings. Okay. Could be a bit messy, but okay. This is doesn't matter. I mean, if this is a hybrid as in robot technology combined with human tissue, you could be pretty sure that this might be actually Sabadon's work. If it's just human tissue, well, tough luck. <laughs> it's probably not Sabadon. <laughs> but I'm sure that a guy called, um, what's his name? Biden, right? Biden will be more than happy about the fact that now Donald Trump is sliced open on an operating table. Well, I mean, as I, I think going forwards, we should probably be slicing open all the candidates just to make sure that they're not Cyberdyne's next. You might run people. into a problem with uh, an organization called PETA, I think, P-E-T-A or something like this. I don't know. You tell me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, uh, you'll find the link in show notes, people. Um, they normally care about whales and, and, <laughs> and, and, and other endangered species. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you if you just continue to slice open presidential candidates, you might have an issue with them eventually. <laughs> hmm. Well, you, so you, you want to be careful on this. What that's what I'm saying. Put them back together again. But hey, okay. <clears throat> uh, okay. So, sh- shall I go next? Uh, let me have a look at this next question. Ah, this is related to Cyberdyne. Anyway, how can Cyberdyne be turned? As in, ah, oh, this is this is straightforward. Essentially, what you do is presumably we mean yeah, you turn, you take to you, the you, dark you, side. You, or? Yeah, no, no, no. Of course, <laughs> even even more simple. Okay. Simpler. 
you, you simply basically take your flux capacitor, uh, capacitor, 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 capacitor. <laughs> yes, <clears throat> it's straightforward. You take some, you take your flux capacitor, hmm. jump back in time, um, open That's source the first. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Open source the first Nvidia code base, um, and there you have it. That changed the course of history. Linus Torvalds, of course, won't say fuck Nvidia. And hmm. this is how you introduce open source Cyberdyne. Right. Okay. So when when we meant when we when we interpret the question as uh, being turned from closed software, good point. Good point. Yes, this is obviously our job. Very good. Very good. Hmm. Here's another one. Um, don't know who wrote this in. Probably one of your pals. What is this Dennis character uh, character's history of running companies into the ground? And what are the Linux in-laws doing about this? Okay, for for those listeners, for those few listeners who do not know who Dennis is, Dennis is um, our CFO, our chief financial officer. <clears throat> that, according to Martin, has a history of, or who has actually, according to history, has a history of of building successful startups and all the rest of it, but was hired on a wimp actually by Martin without me not even knowing it. So. It's just... Are you saying that you wrote this question? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I, I don't know. No, it's, it's a distinctly uh, recognizable bit of handwriting. No, hang on. Actually, it says here actually this that this is Dennis' mum sending this in. <laughs> Interesting. Well, Dennis' mum, you should know Dennis, right? So, but let's tackle the let's tackle the let's tackle the second part of the question. What the Linux owners are doing about it. actually a very good question. We should we I mean we could terminate him, not him, but this is his contract, right? I mean the the company was do uh, Linux owners was was doing quite well without a chief financial officer. Well, <clears throat> it was until you um, got the contract with Rainbow Escorts, right? So. Um... I think that's why we had to uh, <clears throat> instate uh, Dennis uh, his role because the expenses were getting rather out of hand on you mean your, your expenses? rainbow escort usage. <laughs> Martin, if you try to expense rainbow escorts, this is your fault. I had a corporate, I had a corporate account for this. Yeah, this is what I mean. This is what Dennis was Martin, very happy Martin, about. You see, Martin, you see, what is the what what is the what is the first and foremost trait of a corporate account? You tell me. How does it work? Say again. What's the what? What is the first and foremost trait, as in character? Um, characteristic. Characteristic. Thank you very much. Of a corporate account. It is corporate. Yes. So far, ah, so good. That, that this is where you're going wrong. See, we are not a corporation. Well, this is debatable. <laughs> a corporate account, Martin, is where you confirm or assure a supplier of certain services or goods that a specific baseline of revenue will be guaranteed by buying more or less in bulk. I see. Hence, the prices of individual items on this account go down. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it's you, 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 you account. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yes, yes, yes fine. <clears throat> Very good. But, um, yeah, it, it still doesn't account for the fact that your your corporate account is uh, costing us hundred times more than my expensed 
items. So this is why Dennis is not too impressed with your financial management. Martin, if you... And, t- keep... and, and, and selling a few t-shirts is not going to if, <laughs> if, if balance you... our bills. <laughs> if you would have, um, By the way, we have continued... T-shirts. Yes, we more of that later. Yes, <laughs> Let's leave the shameless commercial plugs until the very end. <laughs> Okay, um, sorry. If you would have continued expensing individual services by Rainbow Escorts on your on your monthly expense claim, that would have been way more expensive than than putting these and and a couple of extra runs on the corporate account. Because we are actually we we are getting or we used <laughs> to get before I moved it back to my uh, to 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 my um. To my mm. payroll, not pay- payroll, what's what I'm looking for? To my account, exactly. You're getting paid for this? Hang on a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> You're not? Anyway. <laughs> okay, Martin, Martin, the discount address at Rainbow Escorts was 70% on this corporate account. So where you would be paying list price, more or less, with Emma and friends, like in, what was it? Like 300 quid for an hour or two? I would be paying only 30% of this. On the corporate account. Do you see what I mean? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, bulk buying. I okay, exactly. <laughs> so, right. so nev- never mind. Never mind. Who owns this corporate account with Rainbow Exports? Uh, Escorts. Just put it on the account, Martin. Do not, ex- do not, well, do not, okay. do not expense this going forward. This, this would this be really bit. handy if this email you sent with this corporate account information actually made it to myself. But if your postfix <laughs> wasn't broken again, <laughs> my postfix isn't broken, Martin. Your postfix is broken, apparently. Oh, let's call okay. it a spam, spam filter then. <laughs> I see. Very you have right. an outgoing one as well. Anyway. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. hang on. There's another one, actually, about Rainbow Escorts. A certain yeah. Martin Visser writes in, how can I get in touch with Emma of Rainbow Escorts? And then it says, for the really desperate. Okay, fair enough. Um, anyway, Martin, you should know this. Why are I, you writing in this question? I'm lost. Yeah, this is obviously um, not another Martin by Visser. me, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Somebody used an alias? Is that it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I think so. Um, yes. So moving off the rainbow escort subject. Uh, well, actually, we sorry, we didn't answer we that could... question. Of course, no, the answer is of course straightforward. You could just get in touch with Martin, and Martin will put you in touch with Emma. It's really... well, they're, they're, are they a secret organization or something? <laughs> Surely no, these... <laughs> no, no, no. Or, or you, or, or you can, of course, visit uh, visit Martin's newly built adult entertainment website, uh-huh. which is hanky panky minus martinvista dot com, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> something like that. Anyway, use your favorite search engine. Martin Vista will, will probably show up on, on the very search uh, on the very first search result page or something like this. Just search for Martin Vista, either porn or adult adult, adult entertainment services. You'll find him. No worries. Oh, that's useful information for our open source listeners, I'm sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Now then, so uh, this brings me on to a uh, very topical question being, I have a Sicilian challenge at hand. How can I get in touch with New York City's HQs and beyond as featured in episode eight? 
Um, first of all, Martin, you should probably explain what a Sicilian challenge is. It's a challenge in Sicily. And, and, I mean, what, <clears throat> and what does and what does New York have to do with it? Well, there's a lot of them moved over there <laughs> <laughs> to open Italian restaurants. Very good, <laughs> very good, Martin. Well spotted. Uh, and then they started putting horses' heads on people's pillows or something. I don't know. <laughs> I see. Excellent, excellent, very good. Mm, mm. Um, um, of course. You want to take this, Martin, or? Well, I think. Um, she wrote the sketch, didn't you? We could uh, always ask our friend Claudio. Um, yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> or we could ask a guy called Salvatore, who happens to live on this in in Sicily. Okay, do tell about Salvatore. Who is this? Guy? Salvatore San Filippo. Um, he invented something called Redis, I think. Okay. He lives in some in Sicily, doesn't he? Does he? Okay. That's kind of handy. Yes. Right. So, uh, so the answer is write to uh, Salvatore at Redis dot org dot No, no, no. This is anti. You, you, no. His nick is actually anti. Anti RS, and you'll find his nick on Twitter and GitHub. I think. Empty res. Hmm. Oh, isn't his um his uh picture also a werewolf? A wolf of oh, certainly a werewolf. I'm not too sure. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, it's very topical. Very topical for this this episode. Maybe we should ask him. Yeah. Why don't you write him an email? Uh, well, I'm sure he's listening. So, uh, Salvatore. Salvatore, if you're listening, <laughs> please do get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> We need your help on this question. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Right. Now, what here is a question is from... Yeah, sorry, you go ahead. Sorry, here's a question from Rob in um, Basingstoke. He's asking, what is our next month's lotto numbers? I was just about to ask that uh, to, to ask that very same question, although it's, uh, although I don't have it in writing. <clears throat> um, okay. Answer is straightforward, actually. Um, use use the flux capacitor, capacitor once again. Make a time jump. No, 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 no not, not how. He's, he's asking what are they? Ah, use the flux capacitor. <laughs> Make a time jump. Write them down. Bring them back. Simple. Okay. Our flux capacitors, unfortunately, are under maintenance right now, so we can't we can't tell you. I'm afraid. Ah, so here, uh, this just brings me on to question 99. Um, where can I get hold of the blueprint for a flux capacitor? Good question. Um, check out GitHub. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's on there. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's on there. I'll simply break into Sabada, no worries. That's always a good idea. Oh, NVIDIA for that matter, of course. Uh, yes, well, you could always go and is it Jensen in his kitchen um, <clears throat> and ask him personally. There's right. another good question. Here we go. I really oh. love the sketch about Leo's trouble with reconfiguring English history using the command line a few episodes back. Can I count more on this? Sorry, can, can I count more? No, can I count what? on more of this? Exactly. Yes. Count sorry. on more of this. <clears throat> yes, more rewriting yes. of history. Yes, yes, you can, although the dark side has been... Well, I mean, can you count on more of this? Uh, If we have our flux capacitor handy, then yes. Um, 
maybe the big picture is that unfortunately the dark side has taken a little bit of a break um, over the last few episodes. People, this will change. It's just a matter of, well, doing these sketches. Too, but... too busy doing dark things. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Which I can't really talk about. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, there will be uh, more dark side things coming up in the near, in the very near future. So stay tuned on this one. Hmm. This is quite topical. Yeah, this is something easy. for you, Martin. There's another question being written in by a certain Mrs. Visser. I suspect my husband's significant other part of every pet is having an affair. What are the means at my disposal using open source? Is that your wife writing in? Why do no, you want not... open source for this? Uh, ask your wife. I don't know if, if, if she's, if, if she's written this. I don't know. Hmm. It just seems like a, um, uh, there are quite a few <clears throat> pretty straightforward solutions for this available. Uh, Do tell. Require building something yourself, <laughs> like GPS trackers, working into phones, uh, whatever you want to do. Right? It's, um... And these are open source? Well, they don't have to be open source, right? They just have to work for this purpose. Well, they, well your wife or whoever that Mrs. Visser is specifically asks about open source. Well, I guess this is um, just a, a trick to get their question on the show, right? Put open source Mrs. Visser, <laughs> Mrs. Visser, it has worked. Although I do apologize about the answer because mm. clearly this is missing the mark. Okay. What would your answer be then? Go on. Take a look at GitHub and other courses <laughs> in terms of what's out there. I mean, for example, you can, of course, use an open source tracker app on your Android phone. This is straightforward, especially on a rooted device. It's not that complicated. Given the if, fact if, that if, if Android person has an Android and a rooted Android device, then yes. No, um, it, it, it's efficient enough, basically, to have that person own an Android device, which can be rooted. Because essentially what you do is you take that Android device, root it yourself, and then put a tracker app on it. Yes, this, this and, requires and the, and them the to suspect, have an open source. And that suspect in question, that subject in question doesn't even have to know about it. The beauty, of course, is that Android itself is based on something, or the, the whole Android ecosystem is based on something called the Android Open Source Project, the AOSP. <clears throat> These are the open source parts of the, un, of the underlying operating system including all the Java APIs and, and, and what have you, as in the stuff that currently the highest Supreme Court in the U.S. is debating or something. I don't know. You heard about this, Martin, right? Mm, I don't follow politics that much. I'm afraid. <clears throat> it's not politics, actually. It's open source. No. There was about, what, this week, last week? I can't even remember. There was a final hearing or session about Oracle versus open source. Uh, sorry, Oracle versus versus Google, with regards to the copyright, potential potential copyright infringement by Google when they use the JVM API for Android. Okay, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Never heard about it. <clears throat> okay, there was a company called Sun. Sun invented Java about. 25, 26 years yeah, ago. Yeah, a few. Ago. Mm. Uh, yes, we, are, we, we are recording 
we are not recording this in 2030, but rather in 2020, just for the reference mm. frame. So, and then Andrew Rubenstein came along and invented something called Android, which he subsequently sold to a search company called Google. So the whole notion of an Android phone was born with the operating system. The trouble is, of course, Android uses something very similar, very resembling to something called the JVM, a Java virtual machine. As a matter of fact, Java was the first implementation language for Android, meaning Android did have the advantage that you could program and um, the uh, any app that you wanted to 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 <clears throat> to develop in Java, because the API looked pretty similar to what Google invent, uh, to what Oracle invented about, as I said, ten or fifteen years prior to this. That, of course, meant that. The manufacturers for apps running on Android were able to use a skilled, a highly skilled, most of the time existing workforce that was able to program in Java by simply making the API of the underlying operating system, including graphic libraries and all the rest of it, uh, very similar, if not completely the same, like to the existing JVM. Of course, Oracle didn't like this, so they dragged Google in front of a court, and now it has come to the final session. Ah, that's all. Yes, yes. Okay, cool. So by the time this goes out, I reckon, there are, um, mm. I think the, the High Court, or the Supreme Court, no, the High Court, oh, oh dear, uh, the Supreme Court has two options. Either they can take a final ruling on this, or they can defer this back to a to an inferior court. So let's see. Hmm. Indeed. Okay. Of course, with any final decision being taken, that will certainly have a very potentially very severe impact on the corresponding copyright laws. Never mind on the open source movement as such, because of the implications, essentially. Hmm. Because if Oracle would gain the upper hand, that would mean that you cannot reuse existing APIs for your project to some yep. extent. Yep, yep, yep. Which is, of course, a dampener for any innovation. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we are almost done with the questions, as I said in the beginning. There's, there's quite a few more, right? But um, Yeah, there's quite a few more. There will be B-sides. We are taking um, feedback at Linux, uh, at, of course, the known email address, which is feedback at linuxinlaws.eu. And Martin, of course, now wants to plug the merchandise store, the merch store, as it's affectionately known. Why don't you plug the merch store? Okay, sorry, I thought, I thought you were in the middle of speaking. No, 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 just, just no, sure. <laughs> why do I have to, why do I have to, to, to do all the talking? Oh, because that stops you from drinking more beer. <laughs> lame. <laughs> Very lame. <laughs> um, where were we? Martin. So, yes, the shop. Yes, we have the shop, shop yes. with the T-shirts and the mugs. And so those of you who would like to support us or actually own a very cool T-shirt with Linux in-laws and associated contraband on it, um, please visit the shop on our website, linuxinnors.eu. Thank you. And uh, yes, at the moment, currently, 
You may need to use Google Translate since it's all in German, but that is okay. Uh, no, Martin, it's not. Is it not? No, the URL may have a German top-level domain, but the shop is in English. The shop is fixed. Excellent. Yes. Good, good job, man. <laughs> okay, okay. Very good. And Martin, from now on, I think we should conclude every each and every show with our motto because that has been laid to the wayside for much too long. And of course, the motto is... You Linux boldly Linux. go where no man has gone before. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> repeat, repeat after me, Martin. <laughs> Linux in-laws, you come for the knowledge, but stay for the madness. Now we do it together. I'm going to do the first part. You're going to do the second <laughs> part, and then and then we swap just for just for measure. Okay, Linux in-laws, you come for the knowledge, stay for the madness. Now you go first. Linux in-laws, you come for the knowledge, but you stay for the madness. This is much better. <laughs> okay. Excellent. So it has been decided in Series 1 or Season 1. Season 1. Season 1. <clears throat> season 1, Episode 16, the in-laws made a very, very important decision. Each and every show will be concluded with famous motto, um, available on T-shirts, marks, and all the rest of the merchandise. Mm. Martin will do the first part, and Chris will conclude with the final and second part. And, of course, the motto is just once again for our listeners, Martin. Linux in-laws, you come for the knowledge. But stay for the madness. See you next time. This episode of Linux In-Laws is brought to you by the Transylvanian Cooperative, also known as Vlad and Friends. Ever wondered how your source code can survive the mists of time? Fret not, dear open source contributor. Forget GitHub. GitLab, Bitbucket, and all the other nonsense which promise something that they can hardly deliver on. Only with us, your source code can become truly immortal. All it takes is a small pinch in the neck, some lines of code drained for a good cause from the code base, not unlike a blood donation, a little bit of waiting until the turning, hmm, transformation has finished and the code will not be able to die unless a change of license makes it proprietary of course similar to silver or garlic 
I am afraid that there is little we can do about this. Once tainted by this, your coat will perish before long, like every other proprietary coat base. <laughs> This podcast is licensed under the latest version of the Creative Commons license, type attribution share alike. Credits for the intro music go to Blue Sea Roosters for the song Salute Margaret, to Twin Flames for their piece called The Flow, used for the segment intros, and finally to Celestial Ground for their song Sweet Justice, used by the dark side. You find these and other ditties licensed under CC at Chimando a website dedicated to liberate the music industry from choking copyright legislation and other crap concepts. Vlad, how are you doing? <laughs> Hello. Everything all right in Transylvania? <laughs> it's a bit chilly. But <laughs> how are the blood supplies? <laughs> Running dry. How <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yes. Send, send send more more targets, please. Yeah. Why do you why do why why are you not drinking beer? Uh because it's not good for you. <laughs> no, I agree, but if you but only if you're talking about English ales. <laughs> I see, I see. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, we, we, um, doing a bit of a health session at the moment. So. <laughs> Why? Well, because the, the gym is closed and we're sitting in our desk all day and it's just not very healthy. So, um, this is rubbish, Martin. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, I'm not your wife. You don't have to convince me. So no sweat. Hmm. No, it's, it's just uh, an, an occasional um, abstinence. It's, it's quite good for you. Just for today, I see. Yes, yes, indeed. Very good. Well, then, for the next two hours, anyway. Why not actually cut it short and make it for the next two minutes? Uh, <laughs> yes. Because I just found out actually that you cannot upgrade from center as from center as seven to center as the eight. Why are you using CentOS? Yes. Why are you using CentOS? 
Well, I distinctly remember you telling me that their um, package repositories are rubbish. <laughs> say, sorry, say again? I distinctly remember you telling me that their package repositories are rubbish and so on and should be avoided. Therefore... So the closest I get to, to that stuff is actually using CentOS. Okay. And sometimes, actually, Fedora doesn't cut it. So I need... Something that remotely resembles Rail. You do? Why? No. Because sometimes the, the packages in Fedora are just too new. If you know what I mean. Hmm. I mean, if, especially if you have a customer who basically is under the impression that Fedora for production is probably not the best choice. Sometimes. A customer? Yes. No, um, this is work related. Right, okay. Yeah. Customers are these people that pay money uh, to companies, and uh, in turn, these companies pay you. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the concept. It's called a job. <laughs> um, I don't do jobs anymore. No, 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 no. no, no, no. It's more of a vocation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let me. If I find the right plug, and then we can get going. Okay. Before we get going, um, I can look this up myself, but um, a CMake list, what do I do with it? What, what do you mean? Well, it's a project description, isn't it, a CMake list, but um, does that translate into a handy compilation of the whole project easily? Or? Uh, you lost me there. Okay. Uh, please re- please uh, repeat. <laughs> Sorry, please wash, okay. rinse, repeat. <laughs> Do you know what a CMake list is? <laughs> Number one. <laughs> okay. Now you're fading, Martin. No, no you're not. not. Sorry, maybe maybe this is rubbish. Bear with me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, my my mic. Sorry, you were saying your mic. I was mic. saying you know what a CMake list is, right? A CMake list is basically a recipe for to produce a CMake file. If I'm not completely mistaken. Right. Okay. Okay. And of course, CMake being. A, a, System. If you're if you're familiar with the concept, you broke up there for a moment. How did you do that? I managed to to move away from the router as far as possible. It's oh, quite straightforward. Yeah. yeah, let me let me change locations once again. You you moved into the fridge, have you? Not <laughs> yet. We closer to the beer. <laughs> not not quite. No, Mister Wilson, not quite. We're getting there. <laughs> Okay, uh, you, you're struggling with some stupid open source code base. I no, 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 no. Uh, no, it's it's just a oh, a data generation bunch of software it's written in C plus plus. It's got um, a bunch of CMake files with it. I just want to see can I just quickly compile it without having to spend too much time um, dissecting all the stuff, really. But anyway. Okay, that's fine. With, um, with CMake, the answer is more than likely to be no. Okay. Why? Uh, unless the people knew what they're doing, which is sometimes the case and sometimes it isn't. Uh, well, well, it's, well, you see, all these new build systems uh, hmm. require a little bit of hand-holding every now and then, oh. especially if the, if, if the code... I mean, you have QMake, you have CMake, hmm. you have Ninja, you have Meson, uh the list goes on. Hmm. Um, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, so, uh, 
as I said, it's probably um, it's going to take some time. Right. That's right. Unless it compiles out of the box, which is hardly the case in my experience. Seems unlikely. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, that's fine. I'll just see how I get on then. Welcome to Linux in Laws Series One, Episode Sixteen, the one with the count and the questions. Sorry, let's do this again because I have to stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's gonna be yeah. Um, uh, Starting now, rolling. Welcome to Linux in Laws Series One, Episode Sixteen, the one with the count and the questions. <laughs> Welcome. How is life down in Transylvania? <laughs> well, the blood supplies are running thin. Uh, no, actually, they're running thick because it's quite cold here. Uh, let me just check uh, what I have in the in the cupboard. The cupboard. Oh, oh okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Cut, 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 button. You start, I mean, the intention was there, but I used your name rather than, rather than, no, let's do this again. If okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, rolling it. once again. What were you doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, cut, yeah. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.